So did you know Oprah Winfrey is coming to town next month? On June 14th at the Scotiabank Arena, probably to a sold-out full house, crowd of thousands, she's on tour under the title, Your Path Made Clear. The publicity for the tour calls Oprah the legitimate queen of American media and a global culture icon. And Oprah says, if you're feeling stuck or at a crossroads, there's no need to waste another moment wondering if there's more to life. Of course there is, and it's yours for the finding. Now, Toronto arts blogger Lauren O'Neill announced Oprah's appearance, and she wrote, what better way to discover your life's purpose than by joining thousands of other people in a stadium to hear the only true trustworthy leader in all of human history speak. Perhaps Lauren was writing tongue-in-cheek, but if you can't get a ticket, you can buy Oprah's latest book, The Path Made Clear. Now, last Saturday, Michelle Obama spoke to a sellout crowd at Scotiabank Arena promoting her book, and people who were there described it as a life-changing experience. Michelle Obama's presence alone has helped women of color all over the world find courage and hope that they have a place in this world. Now, Oprah Winfrey has never claimed to be the only truly trustworthy leader in all of human history. Oprah's message encourages anyone, well, anyone who can afford a ticket or the price of the book. Her huge audience is mostly made up of people who already have the resources to make the changes and take the risks that she advises. And she offers a way to fullness of life. Church people like us can't fault Oprah or Michelle Obama or any other big name speaker who invites people to embrace life without crippling fear. And we have to admit that their sermons reach a lot more people than ours do. But those audiences with a lot of people of faith, church-going Christians among them, are looking for a shepherd, a shepherd whose message they can understand, whose message they can apply or try to apply to their own lives. They're looking for an example to aspire to, if not follow, in detail. Now, Jesus calls himself the Good Shepherd, and those are loaded words aimed directly at the religious leaders in Jerusalem. Now, we domesticate the Good Shepherd. We depict the Good Shepherd in Sunday school pictures and in our stained glass windows, like our wonderful I Am window there on the west side. And the Good Shepherd is someone who is kind and gentle, kind of cuddly, you know? And, and if, if the Good Shepherd is the one who carries the lambs who can't run anymore, then we kind of like him to cuddle us, too. But when Jesus says, I am the Good Shepherd, in fact, any of Jesus' famous I am statements, they are statements in confrontation 
or conflict with those who are supposed to be leading the people to faith and fullness of life. So when he says, I am the good shepherd, the words of the Hebrew prophets, the stories of Israel's kings and high priests, especially young King David, who was a shepherd before he became a king, and the hope for a Messiah, they're all in the air all around Jesus when he says those simple words, I am the good shepherd. Because throughout the Old Testament, the ideal leader, the kind of human leader that God wants is a shepherd. Kings are called and anointed to be shepherds of the people. The words of the Hebrew prophets, the stories of Israel's kings and high priests tell us that often the kings and priests were bad shepherds, evil shepherds. They didn't do their job. They're described as imposters, as bandits and thieves. That's where the idea of a wolf in sheep clothing comes from. And when the Messiah comes, a spiritual descendant of the shepherd King David, the Messiah will lead the flock, will gather the flock from all the world after it has been scattered and subject to bad shepherding, will bring them all together, lead them in paths of righteousness, and pick up and carry the lambs that can't run to keep up anymore. So Jesus says to those religious leaders, I am the good shepherd, I am all of that and more, and if you want to know who I really am and who I dare claim to be, look at what I do. Just watch me. And their reaction in verse 31 of chapter 10 is not to say, Praise God and you, we will follow. They pick up rocks to try to stone him. But they can't execute him, not yet. This shepherd is good, but he's not always gentle. But of course, the story comes from John's gospel, and John's gospel is assembled for the sake of small congregations who are far away from Jerusalem, far away from the origins of the church, they know the story of Jesus. They don't have the benefit of any theologically trained leaders to interpret it for them. And their preachers can't compete with traveling prophets and philosophers who offer them easy paths toward enlightenment, to full knowledge, and life beyond this world. And so they ask, whose truth is the truth? The celebrity shepherds have all the answers, or do they? John says, no. He offers them a portrait of Jesus who says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. I am the bread of life. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd, and I give my sheep eternal life. And the way John sees it, eternal life isn't just about quantity, it's about quality. It starts in this life, in this world. Those other preachers, you see, they're all about escaping this life somehow, getting out of this world as soon as you can. And the good shepherd gives life 
real life here and now. Oprah's right. We need to know that we are on a path. And we want to know that the mess and the mystery of our lives will somehow add up to something. We also need to know we're not alone. Even if we each discern our own path, we need to be able to see others beside us, going in the same general direction. Even if the unseen destination will be different, we need to know that we're part of a flock. And we also need to, someone, to see someone ahead of us, not too far, but inviting us to follow, to keep moving. We need a shepherd. And maybe that's why the 23rd Psalm is still so popular. Whether or not people know it's in the Bible or think it's an old poem, someone copied from the Internet. And believe me, I've heard this in preparing a memorial service. There's this poem I heard at somebody else's funeral. I don't know where it comes from, but it's about a shepherd. Could you read that? Would that be okay? They want those words. Because it's immediate. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. When times are tough, I am safe. I can walk through the darkness safe. And even those last words in the psalm, the ones that we think are about heaven, literally mean, I will live my whole life toward God's house, God's presence. I am safe, and I will stay on the path with the Good Shepherd to the end. Last Tuesday, the whole world lost a good, a gentle shepherd. Jean Vanier invited into his flock thousands of people, displaced, pushed off the path because of their intellectual or physical disabilities. You know, he started with two men in 1964, invited them into his house because a priest friend had showed him around some of Europe's largest institutions where these people were kept, some of them in cages. And he was moved. He went through a kind of conversion, and he left everything behind. He left a teaching position. He had left his military career behind to find a path, and he found his path. He invited two men to share his house to begin. He said one of them was easy to live with because he never spoke. The other never shut up. Each really was a challenge in his own way, but the more they lived together as fellow human beings and equals, the more they all experienced full, full, real life. And so from that beginning, L'Arche, the Ark, was born just over 50 years ago. So the Ark is a safe place for the most vulnerable to live and be valued as persons, not objects, objects of pity, objects of charity, objects of abuse. And many, many able people have joined large communities to help, thinking that if they can do things, they will make a contribution, only to discover their own need of healing. 
and how the weak can help the strong. Vanier said some can't handle it, they leave early. But so many stay longer and leave sure of their paths in life. Now Jean Vanier always attracted large audiences wherever he went. Not Oprah or Michelle Obama-sized audiences, but just as attentive when he spoke and just as hopeful when they left. And millions have read his many books, watched videos on YouTube. You know, since, since his death, the traffic on his talks that are on YouTube has shot way up. So many more people are aware of his contribution to the world. But to Jean Vanier, God's purpose for us is to live in ways that will transform the world. And for that to happen, we have to take the path toward becoming what he says is fully human. His voice will go on inviting us all on that path toward being fully human, which he says is freed from desires and demands, those forces that drive us toward competition and winning at all cost, succeeding and acquiring, prejudice and violence, freed from any need to rob others, especially those who are vulnerable to us, freed from the need to rob them of their humanity so we can get ahead of them in what's really a race to nowhere. To be human, says Vanier, is to love, to be moved by compassion, to seek to know, really know, the people around us. To understand that he and you and I are different in many ways, yet we are all the same within. And we are not meant to be alone. To be human, truly human, one of the first things he says to be human, truly human, is to accept our bodies and live in them. Knowing that we are whole and beautiful, whatever anyone else may say, whether or not others say we are whole and beautiful. Even if people call us disabled or deficient or worthless, we are whole and beautiful. And to be human is to look at others and see their wholeness, their beauty, and their gifts, and then their needs. Now, it's not easy. I imagine even Jesus, at least as the Gospels portray him, had difficulty seeing much good in the people who opposed him and tested him and wanted to kill him and eventually did. But even as the Gospels portray him, so often in conflict, we see him inviting, welcoming, accepting, and setting a pattern for behavior, laying down a path that's now a well-worn path for us to follow. There are many who offer us helpful, positive, encouraging messages. There are many who point us on paths that will lead to fuller lives for ourselves and others. But we know our shepherd and our path. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. And we find our purpose 
and our life in him. Amen. God bless.